contrary to hearing from God. I've been sharing on hearing from God in a while, uh, for some time. Job 36, verse 11. If anybody asks me what's the most important thing in being a Christian, if anybody asks me what's the most important thing in being a Christian, someone, some people might say, oh, doing good. It will shock you that doing good is not the most important thing in being a Christian. Someone say, oh, you know, this life is all about being good to your neighbor, being good to mankind, and that's all that is needed in this world. But that's not true. That's not true. For many reasons, I'll come to that. It is important, but that's not the most important thing. Because there's a lot of imbalance with that kind of thinking. So, someone then will ask, what's the most important thing? As a Christian, what's the most important thing in your life as a Christian? It's obeying God. Truly. <sighs> it's obeying God. Let me give you an example. Are you a, a very good example? Let's say... When Adolf Hitler was a, was a kid, all right, let's say when Adolf Hitler was a kid, he was probably hungry at the verge of death, and he asked you for food. You would want to be good to him, right? Are you listening? You would want to be good to him. Like, and everybody think, oh, once I give him food, I've been good to mankind, not knowing he's allowed to kill six million Jews. So a lot of the things we call doing good, we don't understand them. Because sometimes you're about to do good to somebody in quotes and God says, stop. It has happened to me before. Don't do it. I never understand why God is saying, don't do it. But he is God. He knows the past. He knows the present. He knows the future. And he knows the repercussion of things like that. And he has seen 10 years ahead and he knows things that are going to happen that you've not even seen. So, to just stand up and say, oh, let's be good to all mankind. You know, in the Bible, there was a, there was a king when he was a kid, all right? The prophet told the, the kid that when you grow up, you're going to be so wicked. He was like, me? He, he, you know, the king didn't believe that when he grows up, he's going to be that wicked. Now, in the Bible, he sold himself to do so much wickedness. People couldn't believe it. But then when he was told, when he was a kid, he was like, I don't think I'll be that wicked. So then, what's the most important thing in your life as a Christian? The most important thing is to obey God. Job 36 verse 11. He said, if they obey and serve him, they shall spend their days in prosperity and their years in pleasures. So I told you, now, this, this topic hearing from God is stemming away from camp. When I started talking about what does God want? What's God's love language? When you say love to God, love is not flowers to God. <laughs> you get it? All right? We don't celebrate God's birthday. Okay? We don't celebrate his birthday. So we can't say, all right, so we want to do something for God. We bought him flowers. We want to do something for God. Um, so we, we, we are dancing. All right? So we are dancing. That's not what he wants. He has told us what he wants. So right from camp, I start telling you what God wants. And we came to this point where God's love language, one of the key ones 
I mean, one of the most important ones is obedience. When you do what God has said, it rings back to him as love. All right. I know that so many married counselors have used this to explain marriage. All right. Um, that um, when you respect a man, it, it, it reflects back to him as love. All right. I think there's some truth to it. All right. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm speculating now because I'm not married. I have to marry first to know that part of it. So, yeah. Obedience to God. John chapter 14, verse number 23. Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words. If a man love me, he's not going to buy me flowers. He's not going to just sing me a song. If a man love me, he will keep my words. <laughs> and my father will love him. And we will come unto him and make our abode with him. The word abode there means headquarters with him. See, if a man loved me, he will keep my word. So what God would term as love, you might think, oh, I love God. It's in my heart. It looks nice. It looks like a nice thing to say. Oh, I love God. I really love God. It's in my heart. It's showing from my heart. He can see my heart. But he's saying that if you love him, what he would use to know that you love him is to keep his words. See? So then I thought about it. All right, if we're going to talk about obedience, that means we have to master hearing God. Because how can you hear? Because you see, <clears throat> I'll give you an example. Uh, some people come to see me sometimes and are like, um, Pastor, the Lord said to me to do this. Okay, I remember when we were in Best Western. Very, I remember this very, very well. A young lady came to me and that she was dating a certain guy. Now the guy is married, all right? The guy is married, but then... She has been having dreams. <coughs> she has been having dreams that the guy is not supposed to marry that girl. Are you listening? You like the story, right? I hear things. So. The guy is not supposed to marry that girl, and the guy is supposed to marry her. So, Pastor, I want us to pray. Uh, I told her, I said, God cannot answer that prayer. She said, no. She said she knows what she saw in the dream, and the guy has been telling her too. So what a guy has been telling her and the dream is really going. So I said, okay, right now. So God killed the woman. I want to know what you really want in this prayer. Should God kill the woman? What exactly do you want? So to this lady, she thinks she's heard God by having a dream. And I know many of you here like that. Once you have a dream, it is God. Now, say, no, pastor. I know someone like that. Pastor, anytime I dream, it comes to pass. I'll show you some things. It doesn't mean God is talking to you. I will come there. This topic can take me the rest of the year. Hearing from God. Because we're going to go into the nitty gritty. Because how is it that, how is it that some Christians say, the Lord told me. Then you see exactly, it happens exactly the same way. The Lord told me. And it happens exactly the same way. But you, you're wondering if you're a child of God or you're adopted. <laughs> because all the Lord told me, you have not had one. You see, the thing is, you are thinking... For example, if he says, the Lord told me, if he says, the Lord told me, already you are assuming the Lord came to stand beside him and told him. You are not asking for the science because sometimes when I tell you the Lord told me, it is, the, 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 it is not in articulate words. Okay, do you think God speaks English? God does not speak English. He doesn't speak guy. He doesn't speak tree. He doesn't speak fancy. Okay, what does God speak? He speaks God. 
Ah, pastor, I just came to church Sunday morning, please. <laughs> God speaks God. The language God speaks, including his form. That's why he told Moses. He says, you, you cannot see me and live because the, the human eye is not, is not made to, oh God. Um, <clears throat> have you ever had a phone that someone sent you an emoji and you couldn't, your phone could not, hey, are you getting it? Right, you're entering the topic now. You're now understanding me. Someone sent you an emoji, but your phone could not interpret it. But what the person sent, to him he has sent you something. Or to her, she has sent you something. But your phone couldn't interpret it. The human eye is not made to see God. So he told Moses, if you see me, you will die because you will blow up. Have you ever tried to use a certain phone to perform a certain function and the phone goes spoiled? Because of the kind of function you are trying to make it perform. You never had something like that. Wow. So, the same way with our hearing God. God does not speak English. He speaks God. What does it mean that he speaks God? He speaks the words of God. And in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God and the word was God. If God speaks now, you will never understand it. That's the reason for the Holy Spirit. The ministry of the Holy Spirit is to break down what God has said so that you can understand it. Because in the realm of the spirit, I, I, I taught this in, in, when I was in Kumasi, when we were in Kumasi, I was teaching them. Now, in the realm of the spirit, you don't need to speak. Uh, uh, you don't need to talk to someone for the person to know. We don't use words in the spirit for information. Because, like the Bible talks about, knowing as we are known. You can be looking at, because everything that is in the realm of the spirit is living. For example, if I meet this pulpit in the realm of the spirit, I'm not likely to meet it because it's probably a dead thing. It belongs to the world. Okay. But then, due to many things, for example, um, if it belongs to a Christian, and by faith, this pulpit performs a certain function, and therefore gains a voice in the realm of the spirit. Hey, because this pulpit is dead, but can gain a voice in the spirit, like the blood of Abel. Not all blood speak. By faith, Abel's blood gained a voice. And the blood, not Abel, the blood spoke, not Abel. So this pulpit can gain a voice. Okay, there was a story about a woman who was a partner, all right? You know, and when you're a partner in this ministry and you win an award, you can take your trophy, you know, like, you know, we do over here as well. You take a trophy. You know, she put all her trophies in her room. She was sharing her testimony. How she put all her trophies in her room. And one day she passed out. She died. All right. When she died, she was looking at the, everything in the room. When she came out of her body, she saw her shoes. Her shoes were not talking. Her wardrobe was not talking. Her clothes were not talking. But then as she was leaving the room to be totally gone, her trophy started speaking. Her trophy started talking. And this is very, very, very consistent with scriptural truth. Why? Because God told Moses, he said, speak to the rock. Come on. What is the, what, with what ears is the rock going to hear Moses' words? He said, speak to the rock. That means Moses, the rock is going to hear you. And there's so many scriptural instances like that where God told people to speak to this, speak to that. Because those things are alive in the realm of the spirit. They are living in the realm of the spirit. So, back to what God speaks. The other time, Paul was on the road to Damascus. 
On his way to Damascus, he was knocked down by Jesus of Nazareth. When he was knocked down, the Bible recalls that Paul heard. This was, this was the, 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 the construction. He said, I heard him in a Hebrew tongue. He didn't say he spoke in a Hebrew tongue. He said, I heard him in a Hebrew tongue. And what about the other people who were with Paul? Because Jesus was not speaking to them, the Holy Spirit didn't bring the words Jesus was speaking to the understanding. The Bible says, they heard thunder. So, Jesus can appear here and say, hey, then someone will be hearing, go to your room. Then someone will be hearing, stay over here. But he said the same thing. Because the Holy Spirit has to now decode the words that have come to you. So God does not speak tree. He doesn't speak. Some say he speaks tongues. He doesn't speak tongues. Because the Bible says tongues will cease. That means when we get to heaven, we won't speak in tongues. That is why the Big Bang Theory is, the, is most likely the most accurate creation explanation. Yes, because if God spoke, there will be a bang. You know, scientists have shot themselves in their foot in, an, in a bid to try and swear that there is God. By the Big Bang, is they shot themselves in their foot. Because the moment you admit Big Bang, it means you are admitting that it was caused. If it was caused, that means it has a beginning. Then you know where we are entering now. So anything that caused it is God. So let's go and look for it. Ah, that's what it's all. Oh, but we don't know. We are still researching. Lazy. Okay. So the voice of God. How do we hear God? You see, in your personal life, how do you hear God? To so say, oh, me, when I want to hear God. Now, before I show you how God will lead you, I have to start with how God will not lead you. I'll give you an example. That's what we call a fleece. A fleece. What's a fleece? A fleece is God. If it is you, let Manuel play happy birthday to you. Oh, 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 oh. That means, yes, yes, God is the one leading me. God is the one. The Bible never said that God will lead you with a fleece. You see, you have to first start deleting all those things first because the devil is going to take advantage of fleeces. Father, if she's the lady I'm supposed to marry, when I enter the house, I should cook banku. That day on the house menu, it was banku. It was not, it's not God. All of us have done it before. You know, right? Yeah, we've all done it before. In the beginning, when you don't know about it, sometimes God will say, see this guy. All right. Let me just do it for him. As you are maturing, he stops. Now, even the things that you know God is approving for you to do, you will, you will check by a fleece. It's not working. Then you'll be wondering. Ah, ah. All right. So, before we can even go into, we'll go into the, the, the details of the voice of God, how to hear God, when to hear God, what time, all right? This guy here, you're very interested. I remember, I remember when, I, when I taught on this topic first, 2018, when we were at Holiday Inn. You know, because the, the Sunday before, I had prophesied to some people and I, I had heard them, but I mentioned their name, I mentioned their phone number. So when I said, next week, I'm teaching on how to hear God, the room was full. <laughs> the room was full, everybody wanted to, so that I can know people's phone number. <laughs> you know. So, let's start with the will of God. Okay? The will of God. The will of God. You know, have you ever heard this term, familiar spirit? What do you think a familiar spirit is? Okay, I'll explain what a familiar spirit is. A familiar spirit is a spirit that is familiar with a person. So, he knows the language of the surrounding, knows things that surround the person. So, can speak to you in a familiar voice. 
That's why, first of all, you have to understand the will of God. Even before we start talking about hearing God, you have to understand the will of God. Because many Christians don't understand the will of God. You have to know the will of God. What is the will of God? And to know the will of God, the first place that any Christian needs to master, the first thing any Christian needs to master when it comes to the will of God, is the scripture. Because the Bible says that all scripture is written by inspiration of God. The Bible says that holy men spoke as they were moved of the Holy Spirit. They spoke as they were moved of the Holy Spirit. That means the Holy Spirit is the author of the scriptures. The Holy Spirit wrote the scriptures. So, you know that if you are well versed in scripture, you will be able to identify his voice because he wrote the scripture and he will not say anything that is not in scripture. This is the part a lot of Christians are lazy. They just want to hear God. But to, uh, to know what God is likely to say and what God is not likely to say. For example, anytime I hear give, I know, I'm, I know the devil is not talking to me. Anytime I hear give, because the only person who told me to give in the Bible is God. So knowing the scriptures will help me to know what God will say because he's not an author of confusion. You know, Christians have this very um, interesting, some Christians have some very, very interesting theologies. Um, like for example, oh, I have a special relationship with God. You cannot have a special relationship with God outside the word of God. If God is not aware of that relationship, you are alone in the relationship. <laughs> God is not aware of that relationship. You can't have a special relationship with God like those who say, I don't go to church, but I have a special ministration. Listen to songs on Sunday morning. God is not away because he's not the author of confusion. He's not going to tell you about any special relationship outside what is in the scripture. Because you see, what is scripture? Scripture is what God has said. But you see, it is not everything God has said or will say that is in scripture. So what is scripture? Scripture is the selected words of God. <laughs> Listen, the selected words of God that he vouches to be the expression of his character. That means if God says he is love, I hope you're listening. If he says in scripture he is love, that means come rain, come shine, he is love. But if God tells you it means, he can tell another person it rise. So it means it's not in scripture. Are you getting it? Even though God has said both, because God can tell you today it means. Like for example, I went somewhere to pray. I went somewhere to pray. Now, when I was entering the room, God says, don't enter. I still entered. He said, don't touch the wardrobe. Don't touch the wardrobe. For some reason, I just, I just went back. I was going inside. I said, don't go inside. So I was just standing outside. So everybody, uh, all the people who were sending me inside, taking my bags, you know, because I, was, I, I went outside, I got to pray. All the people were taking my bag inside. Were wondering why I'm standing outside. I said, let's stand outside. For some reason, for some reason, I was just outside. Stood there about 10 to 15 minutes. The next thing, a snake comes out of the wardrobe. <laughs> Diabolo, I just closed the door. <laughs> now, door open wardrobe is not in the Bible. Do you understand? So there are specific things the Lord will tell you. Even though God spoke them, they are not in scripture. But you see, scripture embodies, oh, come on. It embodies what God vouches for to be his character. So, oh, God is a mysterious God. Nobody can know him. It's not true. It's not true. It's not true. It is those who don't want to read the scripture who say God is a mysterious God. He's not a mysterious God. Because he did not want to be mysterious, he gave us scripture so that we can understand his ways. Now, three things you see when you, when you study the scripture, when you read the scripture. Three things. Number one, it contains the provisions of God. It contains the provisions of God. That means everything God wants to give it's contained in scripture. So what are some of the provisions? Now, I, I, I'm using provisions because some people say it contains the promises. It is, in the New Testament, there are no more promises. So 
the scriptures don't contain promises anymore. The Old Testament was full of promises and all those promises were fulfilled in the New Testament. So, like for example, say, oh, I, I saw one TikTok video and I know the lady was trying, you know, we don't, we don't have a lot of Christian content on things like that, so sometimes you just have to let some of those things fly. He said, promises, seven promises in the Bible. One, I will not leave you. That's not a promise. That's not a promise. <laughs> That's not a promise. Because God said, I will not leave you, don't forsake you. Oh, come. Old Testament, he said, I will not leave you. New Testament, he said, Lo, I am with you. Whether you feel like I am with you, whether you don't feel like I am with you. So it's no longer a promise, it's a provision. It's now available. Do you understand? Have you seen a provision store before? Everything is inside. You get it? It's now a provision. So now, I am with you. The Bible says, the promises of God in him are yea and amen. So in the New Testament, it is yea and amen. That means every promise, yes. So now, it's now a reality, no longer a promise. So, so uh, a lot of Christians will be saying, you know, there are 7,000 promises in the Bible. No, no, there's no longer any promise again. Jesus is not promising anything again. The last promise that came as the seal. Oh, come on. Don't miss miracle service. Now, the last promise that came as a seal of all the promises to make sure that there's no longer any promise was the promise of the Father called the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is a ring. You understand? All right, let me just punch this one here. I usually don't like doing this, but let me punch this one here. All right, in 2019, when we had Super Sunday, I taught you something. I said, when Jesus said that I'm going and I'll be back. Do you remember that? Do you remember that? He said, I'm going and I'll be back. He said, the day and the hour, no man knows but my father. All right? Hmm. Some people say it, it means Jesus Christ they don't know the day he'll come. That's not true. It's not true. The day and the hour, no man knows. It's not true. Let me tell you why. Because you need to understand, understand that Jesus lived in a day where there was a culture. He was among Hebrews. It's like if he, Jesus was among trees. If he was born among trees, you know that definitely Fufu and Abenkwai will not pass him. So he will make a lot of, he will say the kingdom of God is like Abenkwai. Do you understand? Now, in his day, there was fish, people were into fish farming, people were into farming. So you say the kingdom of God is like a man who went to sow. Do you understand? Because he was using the culture of his day to, to, to teach, all right? The Bible says the common people heard him gladly. Now, this is what I want to say. All right. Okay, so what did Jesus mean? Actually, it was a marital term. When you go among the Jews, there are two kinds of marriages. The first one is like when you have engagement and wedding, all right? The first one is you go to the house of the woman. Then you give the woman a seal, like in Songs of Solomon chapter 8, verse 6. He said, okay, Songs of Solomon chapter 8. He said, set me as a seal upon thy heart. Then he says, as a seal upon thy arm. The word arm, there's no arm, it's hand. So seal is a ring. As a ring upon thy heart hand so it says why are we having a ring on our hand because there's a ring on our heart there's a ring that rings me and the lady that is why we put a ring on our hand because we cannot put that ring on our hearts so we put a ring on our hand so solomon is saying set me as a seal upon thy heart as a seal upon thy hand is that for love is as strong as death so you can see what he's talking about he's talking about love he said that means we are we are born together he says we, we, it's as strong as they said jealousy is as cruel as the grave the cause of the, the cause thereof are cause of fire, which are the most vehement flame. He's talking about love. He said, love is like fire. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's everywhere. That's why when you're in love, you don't hear die. <laughs> All right. So let's go back to the topic. So now he goes, so that the man marrying the woman sets the seal, sets the seal. Then the man cannot marry that woman 
until his father has given the date. So now he has to tell the woman, it's like a right. It's like when you go for engagement, they say, everybody, uh, this lady, the lady has already finished with the guy. They've, they've agreed. They've given birth to their mind. They have the names of their children. But they will still ask them at the engagement that, do you still want to go? That question is unnecessary, you understand, in quotes. You know, if I don't want to go, what? what? I'm so dressed. <laughs> <laughs> do you understand? I've sewn dress. You're asking me, do I, do I, are you sure you want to go? Are you sure? Mm. <laughs> All right, so, so at that time, the man, the father said this. So it's like a, a right. He has to tell the woman that the day I will come back, I do not know. Because the father has to say the date. Even if they've said the date over there, he has to say that. So then the guy will turn back. This is the first one. They will not come back for the real wedding. Now, the same with Jesus. In his first coming, what he had to leave was the seal. The Bible says that the spirit was giving us a seal. That's why it's called the promise of the father. It's like a promise ring. That's the seal. So he deposits it. He says, I'll be back and come and do the real wedding. Because Jesus will never deny deity. He said, I and my father are one. Right. So usually... You have to understand that Jesus lived in a day and there was a culture there. So a lot of the things, okay, let me give you another one. Like for example, when Jesus rode on the ground, what was he doing? When the brother adulterous woman, Jesus rode on the ground, what was he doing? So Jesus didn't know what to say. He was writing on the ground. No. Someone said he was he was meditating. No. Mm, should I go there? Should I go there? All right. So Jesus had come out of the temple at the time and it was the last day of the feast. And at that time, the, the priests were pouring water and say, Lord, give us living water. Give us living water. So Jesus came out. I would say it's on the great last day of the feast. All right, I think I have to show you the scriptures. So we'll look at, um, maybe we should use John's account. John chapter 8. All right, so we'll start from verse 4. They said to him, teacher, this woman has been caught in the act of, act of adultery. Now in the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. What do you say? This they said to him to test him, that they might have some chart to bring against him. Jesus bent down and wrote with his finger on the ground. He wrote with his finger on the ground. Now, in teaching, in teaching, all right, among the Jews, there are four ways of teaching. So every, every rabbi uses either of these ways. I don't want to bore you with all the terminology, but there's Peshat, there's Remez, there's Midrash, and there's Sot. Rem, I'll just tell you about the first two, so that, because that's what's relevant to what I'm teaching. The Peshat is face value teaching. What's face value teaching? Face value teaching. Um, Jesus went to the mountain. Doesn't mean any other thing. Do you get it? Except Jesus went to the mountain. That's face value. A sower went forth to sow. Does not have any spiritual meaning. It's just a sower went forth to sow. Do you understand? That's face value. So a, a rabbi who is a master of Peshat will use those simple, simple teachings, you know, and there are pastors like that. Um, you know, a lot of pastors, especially the teachers, they don't even know which one they function in, but everyone has one he functions in. So if he's a Peshat, it means he picks the scripture and just shows you this is what the scripture says. And so I went forth to sow. So you know in your life, make sure you sow. <laughs> you understand? That's a Peshat teacher. He's, he's just giving you face value, how it is in the Bible. But there's another one called a Remez. Remez is the one Jesus mastered. Remez means... Hints. That, that it means hints. So Jesus sometimes behaved in a certain way. You have to know the Old Testament so that it can hint you about what he has done. In Remes, Jesus was a master of Remes. In Remes, the teacher 
uses hints. And a lot of rabbis actually use remes. They use hints. So, and another person who's a master of remes is our man of God. Because he can pick the book of Daniel. You'll be wondering if it's the same Daniel that you have read. Because he can pick Daniel and pick Isaiah. I mean, one of the Yola was of <laughs> It was just amazing. Hints. He picks one scripture from here. That scripture has a sister. Do you understand? That scripture has a sister, another, other. So he uses hints to bring them together. So at this time, this act that Jesus did was a remez act. All right. Boom. Jeremiah chapter 17. So this act that Jesus did was a remez act. So you see what he, he did over there. Now look at verse 12. A glorious high throne from the beginning is the place of our sanctuary. Now, hold on. Hold on. Go to verse 12 again. It's the place of our sanctuary. Another remez. You have to go to Ezekiel to understand the sanctuary. Because Ezekiel said, waters came out of the sanctuary. Now remember that this was the great and last day of the feast in the book of John. It was the great and last day of the feast where they were pouring water. Usually that's what they do on the great and last day. And they'll be calling to God. God, give us living water. God, give us... And Jeremiah is talking about the sanctuary where the waters come out. You have to know that from Ezekiel. So now go back to Jeremiah chapter 17 verse 12. He says, a glorious high throne from the beginning is the place of our sanctuary. Verse 13, he says, oh Lord, the hope of Israel, all that forsake thee shall be ashamed. Hold on. Jesus went into the temple and they sacked him. So all that forsake thee shall be ashamed. And they that depart from me shall be written in the earth. Because they have forsaken the Lord, the fountain of living waters. So they that forsake thee, so because they pushed him out, what he went out there was to write their judgment. They that forsake thee shall be written in the earth. And he started writing in the earth. He was taking that scenario to Jeremiah 17. That's what he was doing. Okay, so let's continue. There are different things like that in scripture, right? So the scriptures help you. You know, when I hear somebody say that the scripture was written, was written by the white man. Eh? No white man has that kind of sense. Hmm. Because the day I will sit with somebody who, who says that thing, the person will be sorry. Because the person will now go to the gametria and then you will explain to me how all these things. Hey! Genesis chapter 1 verse 1 can take us three years to finish. I said, I'm not exaggerating. Genesis chapter 1 verse 1 can take us three years. Just 1 verse 1. Because you see, when you go, actually, I teach Hebrew. So I, I understand what I'm saying. Maybe you might not understand. When you go into the actual Hebrew writings, of James chapter 1 verse 1. Let's leave it. it, it, it I, I will have to now explain gametria, which is not healthy. Okay, you know gametria. A lot of you are learning, so you understand. You know, gametria is letters with numerical value. Do you know that there were no numbers until 400 years after Jesus died? There were no numbers. Numbers have never been there. Numbers were invented by Indian mathematicians. You see, sometimes I've come to talk Hebrew now. We have gone to this. Let's leave it. Let's go to scripture. Matthew. <laughs> scripture. Scripture. The scriptures are the body of truth. So somebody asks a question, says, Pastor, why is it that if the scripture is, is, is trustworthy, why do we have, you know, certain books that are not in there? Because if we're supposed to trust the scriptures, 66 books, why not 69? It means we are definitely missing something. Because people talk about the book of Enoch, the book of Jasher, book of Enoch. You know, talk about different books. Why are they not there? And in some other apocrypha, you have the Maccabees. So which one is correct? It's confusing. Is this? Is that? And I explained that when, we, when I was teaching Christ and Christianity. This should not be anything of dispute at all. And I explained why some of those books were not added. It was simple. 
is like this. The Bible is not supposed to be a historical document. Because in those days, they don't record, they don't take picture. Do you understand? They don't record video. So everything is writing. So almost everybody has a book he has written. So if we are supposed to take everybody's book, we will finish the Bible. Even the one that you are holding, have you finished it? <laughs> so everybody was writing something. So you cannot take everybody's book. So what were the books that were put into the canon? The books that were put there were the books that came within the time that there was record that there was the voice of God. For example, the book of Maccabees is a good historical document. But at the time Maccabees was written, there was no record that God spoke. There was no prophet. So that book is a history book, but it is not prophetic history. Because God was not speaking in those times. So the moment God spoke again through John the Baptist, the book started again. So everybody now realized that a voice had come that was from God, called John the Baptist. So the next person to write a book after that was Matthew. So that book was accepted. So the Bible is a book. So almost every book in the Bible has something of that say the Lord. So it has to come within the time that there's record that God was speaking. So the books of the Bible are called prophetic history. Now, I'm, 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 I'm going through all this so that you, I want to solidify your, your feet in the scripture. So when you pick the Bible, you know that this book is from God. I would say that holy men spoke as they were moved of the Holy Ghost. So the Holy Ghost wrote the scriptures. He chose the words. So when you see any discrepancy, like some people say, the Bible is controversial or the Bible has um, contradictions, not one. I've not seen one. There's not one contradiction in the Bible. So, yeah. No. So uh, one time I, I, I boldly went on Twitter two, two years ago. I boldly went on Twitter. I said, if you think there's any contradiction in the Bible, bring it. They started bringing it out. I said, these guys, it's like they don't read well. There was not a contradiction. The only issue that they had over there was translational error, where it was translated from. I said, so if you want to make an argument, go and study Hebrew. So let's all start from the Hebrew text. If you see the contradiction in the Hebrew text, we can talk. So what is God likely to say? What is God likely not to say? You see the scripture. Any, any Christian who neglects scripture will be tossed to and fro. He will be deceived. That's how come people are walking on the street and someone appears to them and says that the Lord said this and they do it. What came over you? You don't know the scripture that in the New Testament a prophet does not meet you on the street? Someone sat on TV and said, and said every Christian needs a prophet. Wrong! If what God gave you is a pastor, is enough. If what God gave you is an apostle, is enough. Ephesians 4, verse 11. Alright, now, in Ephesians 4, 11, it says, and he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. Now, people read this to say, um, that means when Jesus was leaving, um, he gave some to be apostles. He gave some to be prophets. He gave some to be evangelists. That's not correct. That's not what he's saying there. He didn't say he dashed some apostles, some prophets. No, that's not what he's saying. So let's start from verse 10. He that descended is the same also that ascended up far above all heavens that he might fill all things. Verse 11, give me the amplified version. He who descended is the very same as he who also had ascended high above all the heavens that his presence might fill all things, the whole universe from the lowest to the highest. Verse 11, and his gifts were varied. He himself appointed and gave men to us. So, the apostle is the gift. Not that God gave the gift of an apostle to somebody. So, the, your pastor is God's gift to you. Did you get it? So, if God gave you a pastor, it's God's gift to you. So, there's some men are gifts. Now, go to verse, verse 12. Go back to the King, King James. Verse 12. 
For what? For the perfecting of the saints. He didn't say he has to give. Of course, there are some men of God, like our man of God. He's, he's, he's an apostle, he's a prophet, he's a, he's a pastor, he's a teacher, he's, yeah. <laughs> he's an evangelist, he's everything. All right? But if you were somewhere and God gave you an apostle, he's enough. So every Christian needs a prophet. You know, if you want to hear the voice of God, you know, there are some people who go to consult. They have to go and consult someone to hear the voice of God. Say, hey, look, and because I prophesy, I've seen, all, I've seen these things. There was a time when, you know, I used to do it a lot on a certain park called the GCB car park. If you know that park, blessed are you. <laughs> I prayed there. I used to have Monday night prayers. This years ago. Monday night prayers. And I'll prophesy to everybody one by one. Listen, it didn't take me days. The park was full. Monday night. People go to work Tuesday. It to people who come because I'll prophesy one more. I say, you. Three days ago, you were walking beside her. <gasps> so everybody who, who left the meeting will go and call their friend. Sharp. Sharp prophet. Sharp. Ditto, ditto, ditto. Sharp prophet. So then, people were just coming. One day, as I was prophesying, God said, if you continue like this, you will fail in ministry. I said, eh. God said, from now, teach. The next Monday evening, the people came to prophesy. They opened, I said, turn to Matthew. Turn to Zechariah. They were all waiting for, will you finish this preaching now and start the action? I finished. I said, in the name of Jesus, the Lord bless you all. Ah! I said, so next Monday we meet again. They thought maybe this was the only one. Next week, I'll come with full force. So the next week, I thought again. The, the numbers started decreasing. It was decreasing. I said, God, why? Why is it? You told me to teach. But now the number is decreasing. He said, let it decrease. Then start from there. You see, when you do ministry eh, with gifts, you fail. Because the only thing that lives and abides forever is God's word. If you teach God's word, they will be built. So if you, if you go consulting, time will not permit me, I would have told you stories. I've seen things. People go together. Then they go and consult a prophet. What is the Lord saying about my marriage? So, mm, 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 mm. Meanwhile, the prophet likes you. I see that you marry a man of God. Meanwhile, he's the man of God. <laughs> so I see that you marry a man of God. Take my number, give me a phone call, I will reach you. <laughs> I, will I will teach you some things you need to do. Then the next week, they has called you again. Says, um, you know, the way the spirit is leading, because in a vision, I saw that I was in a black suit. And you were in a white gown. I don't understand the vision. But the spirit, you know, they, they, they have to always put H by the S. But the spirit is speaking to me. Meanwhile, you don't like the guy at all. But because last week he prophesied correct in the meeting. But this time around, his emotions are involved. Because he, you are his spec. So, um, I need to pray for you about some things. And we need to do some dealings about some things in your family background. And, and you too. <sighs> Ladies and gentlemen, hear God for yourself. You know why? Because a prophet can prophesy correct to this person. Eh? Correct, and you saw you saw that everything he mentioned, he mentioned his grandmother's name, he everything, so everything was correct. When he moved to this person, he might probably dislike the person. It will influence the gift. Or he can move straight to this person, and another spirit will take over. Oh, you've never seen in the Bible? Balaam was a prophet. Why was he hired to curse? Is that part of his ministry? He was not using the gift that he had to, to curse. He was hired, he was giving money. 
So a lot of the, the prophets and men of God who do this thing for money, you <laughs> trouble, trouble, and evil spirit will step in. This is a matter of time. The Bible talks about Saul. Saul had an evil spirit and yet he was still prophesying, correct? Peter, one minute, he said, you are the son of God. Jesus Christ said, flesh and blood are revealed to you, but my Father in heaven. Correct revelation. It didn't even come from the Holy Spirit. It came from the Father in heaven. Do you understand? This rev- Do you know Revy? <laughs> Most of the time, Jesus Christ would say, oh, the Spirit in me, the my Father in me that spoke. No, no, no. He said, Peter, this is your own. It's not even the Holy Spirit. It came from the throne room of God. Pure. No additives. Raw power. The next minute, Peter meets Jesus. Because now Peter thinks that he has arrived. He meets Jesus. Jesus Christ is talking about how he will die. He said, Jesus, Jesus, come here, come. Come. Say good things, Jesus. Were you not there when the father was speaking to you? have to learn, Jesus. Jesus, you're not learning. No, the fact that you are a leader doesn't mean... Yes, yes, you do miracles and all that, but when it comes to revelation, leave it for me. <laughs> Why? Because 10 minutes ago, he prophesied correctly. But Jesus, a man of the spirit, he said, get thee behind me, Satan. Why? Satan was speaking to the guy. A few minutes ago, to let you know that when the devil is talking through you, you will not feel anything. It can be one of those casual moments. The devil has spoken through you. You have destroyed someone's life. Hear God for yourself. And first of all, let it first of all stem. Let it come from a background of your knowledge of the scripture. Know the word of God so that you can be acquainted with the voice of God. God will have a problem talking to you by his voice if you don't know him by his word. Write that down. You have to understand the word of God. You have to know the word of God. Know what God is likely to say and what he's likely not to say. You have to know the word of God. So in the scriptures, when I sent you that video, I was telling you some of the things that are the will of God. Because we have to understand the will of God. If you want to understand the will of God, he has already stated them in the scriptures. What's the will of God? I said, number one, God's will is that all men be saved. He said, I will. He said, who will have all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth? Who will have? That means forever and ever till Jesus Christ comes, he wants all men to be saved. That means when you go out, if you say, oh, I don't know the will of God. I don't know the will of God. You are lying. Because if you step out to win souls, you are in the will of God. Your cousin, who is not born again, if you preach to him, you are in the will of God. Whatever you do for the Lord in soul winning, when you want other men to be saved, you are in the will of God. So when you're part of those Christians who sit at one point and they see the guy smoking, passing by their house and say, hmm, hell, 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 hell. That's why I thank God for my salvation. That's why I tell you, you are not in the will of God. You are hypocrites. You are not in the will of God. If you want to know if you are in the will of God, everyone you see going in, into, into, into perdition, going into hell, you, your heart begins to beat for them because you are in the will of God. The will of God is that all men be saved. So anytime in church we have a soul winning activity, drop everything and let's go. Because we want to be in the will of God. So, I don't know what to say. That's not, the, that's not, the, that's not the, the issue at all. He said you would not have to cram words. You don't have to put words together. He said at that time, you, he said your, your father will put words in your mouth. Oh, how many times I've gone out. You know, sometimes people think, you know, when we preach like this, it means that we are, you know, you know, it's like we have mastered this thing. We can preach anywhere. Till tomorrow, if I stand in a bus, my heart will beat first. Till tomorrow. There's no, there's no mastering this thing. I'm not a professional preacher. There's no mastering this thing. Every time, even if I'm going to preach to little children, I'll be praying in tongues. I'll be praying in tongues. Because I want my words not to just be some nice oratory thing. It's not oratory dexterity. I'm looking at having an impact in their life. If I'm going to have an impact in their life, that means the Holy Spirit has to select the words I'll use. I'll be praying in the Spirit. When I stand up, 
I said, well, I remember one time I was going to preach in tree. And I was going to preach in a bus. I studied the Bible in English, so I didn't know I was going to preach in tree. I mean, I have to be translating. You know what I'm talking about. As you are speaking, you are translating. More than this thing. All right, exams. <laughs> oh, glory to God. Glory to God. I remember last year, and this year we'll do it again. We'll go, we'll go and preach in buses again. This year we'll do it again. Last year, when I went to preach in a bus, I said, Lord. And you know, any skillful footballer, the most difficult thing for them to do is to play simple football. I know so many things in the Bible. I, I, I have to, God, you have to give me what to say because these people I'm going to meet, some of them don't know Christ. I can't go and start saying, you know, if, if it's church, I can be talking about Jesus said in Jeremiah to Ezekiel, sanctuary, water. You are understanding me, God, we are in church. You've been listening to my teachings for a while. Now, this is the first time someone is going to hear about Christ. I can't go and tell you about sanctuary coming from the water. I have to preach the most applicable, most simple message to him. I said, Holy Spirit, help me. Holy Spirit, you have to give me what to say. Because I'm in the will of God. He's in a hurry to give me what to say. Immediately, he's, he gave me a scenario. Call an elective. He said, in life. So, I, so I, when I entered the first bus, listen, I preached that same message in more than 16 buses. I didn't even take the message. I got it. I said, in life. Just like when you go to school. Oh, come and see me preaching in tree. Let me give you a free star. No, I, on a normal, I can speak tree, but to preach in tree is a different ministry. Hey! We see a whole It be a call, a real elective. This is school, no? Call, no? Who fairly call our own call school? What fairly elective? I'll be a messiah. I'll be a elective. So, the Uber, a elective. Then, so, call. Bakuni said, Uber, you're on question, went to man. giving me words all of a sudden I got the attention I said why and then I saw a question said you know I had to be putting in small small English and then I saw because how would I put it's too heavy I saw a question why you got your word man lo and behold when I said someone found grandma yes we are Faulty to form the vampire. All of a sudden, almost half of the bus, their heads went down. Like, wow, the message entered. Yay! The Holy Ghost, of course, me to speak tree, to preach, because I was in the will of God. If you're not in the will of God, it will be so hard. But because I was going to preach, I was in the will of God. He said, who will have all men to be saved? He wants all men to be saved. Don't sit on your salvation. Let me tell you something. Especially when God calls for special programs like the miracle service, when He calls for things like that, let me tell you something. Always, 
when he calls for things like that, he has people in mind. That's the thing. I've, my, my working with God over the years has just taught me to obey. I don't know everything he wants to do. Even though I'm the pastor, I don't know everything God wants to do. Like for example, two years ago, God said I should call for a miracle service. I didn't know this young man was going through things that he needed God's touch in his life. I didn't know. That's how he came to church. I didn't know. I said, God said I should call for a miracle service. He told me what to do. He told me the time to have the meeting. He told me I should finish preaching my two services. We are best Western. Then in the night, I should have the miracle service. I had it three Sundays. I didn't know the young man need, needed something from God. I didn't know that he wanted peace. I didn't know he was, he was the one that God was looking for alongside some other people. So when God was calling for the meeting, God had somebody in mind. So you see, when God called for a meeting like that, I know deep down, I know next week's miracle service, God has somebody in mind. He wants to save somebody. He wants to help somebody. And because I'm in the will of God, I, I like to be in the will of God. So I partner with God to do what he wants to do. Not try to get God to do what I want to do. Listen to me. There's no need praying for God to bless your plans. What you need to do is to join God's plans because his blessing is already on his plans. Are you getting it? Stand up here and pray in the Holy Spirit. Stand up here and pray in the Holy Spirit. Lift up your hand. Remember, this is about five years ago. The lady's even married now. Five years ago, there was a lady, Emma, Emma Doi. That same GCB car park, we're praying. We're praying. Just one all night, we're praying. The Lord said, Cast out cancer. Cast out cancer. So I asked, you know, I know the voice of God, so I, I asked, I said, who, who has been diagnosed of cancer here? Everybody put their hand down. It was as though I've, I've prophesied false. <clears throat> then God said again, he said, cast out cancer. Then I said, who has cancer? Everybody's hand was down. Now we're just a few. So it was showing that, yes, nobody. We are about seven. Then the Spirit of God said for the last time, He said, cast out cancer. So I said, in the name of Jesus Christ, any hidden cancer, I cast out. The lady started coughing. She started coughing blood. Two years later, the doctors found cancer. With her in her. But, one, two interventions, and she was free of it. Two years before, in a meeting. So, when we have meetings, sometimes God says miracle service. I'm sometimes asking God, must it be miracle service? Can't you name it another thing? He's the only one who understands what he's doing. And miracle service does not necessarily mean a healing because definitely healings will happen. But it doesn't necessarily mean a healing. But in every facet of your life, God wants to come in. He wants to intervene in different parts of your life. So, 
since we want to be in the will of God we, we don't come alone because it's not only about you you know sometimes people are in a hurry oh I want to come I want to come and receive not just you God has something for somebody God has something for somebody God blessed the lady who invited Ellie she kept inviting you you were not even my name she just kept inviting you you didn't even know you needed it Sometimes we look for answers everywhere except God. And it's only when God touches people like his kids to go out there and lend a helping hand that the miracles happen. Lift your hand. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Go ahead and pray. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. For his help and for his love. Thank him. Thank him that you know his will. Don't pray that you know his will. Thank him that you already know his will. Thank him that he has made his will known to you. Thank him. Thank him. Thank him that you know his will. Thank him. Thank him. Thank him. Thank him. Thank him. Thank him. Oh, Rabba Koja Kredeke Sek Tekezeke Shagrade Sagrodovo Saktakaya Mondrete Sekrakaya Shondana Masugradene Montos Crece You know, as you're praying at this time, God will be showing you somebody He wants you to go and talk to, to go and preach to, to go and share the gospel to. As you're praying now, you know, as we are talking about hearing God, we will start practicing it at this point in time God will bring the person's face to you inside your heart it will start you just all of a sudden this person's name is coming to you this person's face is coming to you God wants you to share the gospel with him as you're, as you're praying now it's happening as you're praying now God is speaking to you about somebody somebody he wants you to preach to somebody he wants you to bless somebody he wants you to be a blessing to Yes, <laughs> Mantoko broske bradila, bosha kalaba. Go ahead and pray the Holy Ghost. God is helping you. Mondele kabra senda la baba, mosha kalaba. Manteke baya, eba. With my voice lifted I to the ends of the earth, singing praise to you, God. I bless you, oh God. Forevermore, with my voice lifted high, to the ends of the earth, singing praise to God. I bless you, O Lord, forevermore. Lift your hand, lift your voice, sing it. With my voice lifted high. 
I'm a soul. I'm a soul. 